Hey everybody, how you doing? This podcast has been brought to you by Sinerva CBD Oils. They have the highest quality CBD oil products in the UK. They're all organic, contain zero DHC and have full laboratory testing analysis reports that can provide full traceability. CBD oil can help with things like anxiety, insomnia and pain relief. It has a host of other health benefits. They currently offer 20% off the 25% 2500 milligram cbd oil please use the link in the description to find out more this podcast is also brought to you by shot dead in the head shot dead in the head are a really good clothing site there's some excellent t-shirts and stuff on there i'm pretty partial to the formula one stuff they've got there's an excellent one with a formula one car and there's some really cool stranger things stuff as well if you want to go and find shot dead in the head please use the link in the description might be a bit croaky today i've got a bit of a funny throat not sure why but there we go it's all a bit it's, it's a bit gravelly i quite like it when it's like this actually i think it sounds nice anyway um what a brilliant british grand prix we just had uh it was we saw racing for the lead we saw racing up and down the field um safety cars shaking things up there was some bad luck there was some stupid moves um it, it it had pretty much, apart from the fact that we had a real gauge of where Mercedes were uh, compared to everybody else and the advantage that they clearly have over the field. Um, it was it was exactly what we want from Formula One. Anyway, let's do what we usually do and we'll go through the drivers. Um, Haas, it's... Has need addressing first, I suppose, this weekend because of all this craziness with the sponsors and uh, Rich Energy throwing tweets out, crazy tweets about them, and saying that they want to drop them for lack of um, uh, for lack of performance. And then every every single tweet that seems to come out has, seems to have this hashtag better than Red Bull, which is just fucking crazy. Imagine that, right? Imagine you launched a product. Yeah, and uh, you you look at the market leader of which, and let's face it, like we think of um, we think of Red Bull as like it's ubiquitous with energy drinks now, isn't it? You know, it's uh, it's like Duracell and batteries, for instance, or um, the fact that it doesn't matter what brand you've got in England anyway. I don't know about the about the states, but the no matter what brand of vacuum you've got. You can't call it a Hoover, even if you've got a Dyson. Dyson must hate that. No one says, I'm going to go and get where wage with the Dyson is in the cupboard. No, you say Hoover. Um, so, yeah, Red Bull is energy drinks, much in the same way as Coca-Cola is cola drinks. Um, 
yourself to take the market leader and just to, to do that that fucking hashtag, the hashtag better than Red Bull. It just seems so crass. It's so weird. Um, you know, it's like, never mind Red Bull. You've got to get up there on par with a monster first. Get on par with monster, then think about Red Bull. Anyway, Rich Energy, I'm sure, is going to be one of those sponsors and one of those products that uh, disappears off into the distance and we'll, we'll never hear of again sooner or later. Um, as for the drivers, uh, both hit each other on the first lap. And, um, well, I don't quite know where I stand with this incident. It's stupid, anyway. Teammates running into themselves on the first first lap. For, was it first corner, second corner? I can't remember. Uh, it's stupid, anyway. But a little bit of me thinks that Magnus was a bit... Um, a bit brave sticking his car right there on the rumble strips. Um, but then the other part of me thinks that um, Grosjean just... He, he clearly wasn't looking. He wasn't looking in his mirrors. But I, I'm not sure, as I'm not a racing driver, would you be expecting somebody to be there? I'd have thought maybe having your wits about you on the first lap would have been probably sensible. But I don't, I don't think either of them are to blame. I think they're both... But it was bad. It was bad on both of them. It took the whole team out. You know, when they've got all this negative stuff about them anyway. Um, it, it just seemed like, it seemed strange. They had terrible qualifying. Uh, it didn't look like the race pace was going to be much better anyway. It looked like they were just going to chew through tyres like they have been doing. Um, and for Haas, when you think about, when you think about where Haas have been since they've come into Formula 1, and they've been like the success story of the teams coming in. And it was just a joke this weekend. And they've been a bit of a joke all year, to be fair. You know, uh, they looked like they had a good car at the beginning of the season. Now it looks like they've only got a good car in qualifying. And they don't know why they've only got a good car in qualifying. They don't know why the car's so bad in the race. They just seem completely lost at sea. Um, and it, ju- it seems like things are getting worse, doesn't it? It doesn't seem like anything's getting better. So, I've, I've always been sort of semi-defensive about Magnussen, even though I don't think he's the greatest driver in the world. But I've always thought, well, he kind of deserves to be where he is. But maybe this is the beginning of Haas, where they need to kind of pull the cord and do like a complete driver refresh for next year. That's what I mean. I think I think Grosjean's gone. Like uh, Kevin Magnussen probably is probably hanging in the balance. But you, you've got to think that. It wouldn't do Haas any harm to lose both those drivers. They can't. They genuinely can't do worse at the minute. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with them. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi spun off. Um, I think it was a mechanical failure because it looked weird. Like he lost the back end of the car uh, under uh, downshifting. It looked like something locked and spun his car around. So I don't. I don't really think that was his fault. Uh, his hair is safe for another day as he said that he's going to cut his hair, a bit of his hair off, every time he scores a point. Uh, he's obviously very partial to his hair. So, um, Sebastian Vettel was 16th in the end. Um, I mean, it was a strange race for Seb. He was, he was off his teammate all weekend. He was kind of hanging in there, though, and then... Um, after the safety cars and stuff and the way things shook out pit stop wise, he found himself in third. 
Um, when Max got past him, they had the massive. Well, was it massive? Shun? It looked pretty. It looked pretty expensive. But um, ended up punting Max Verstappen off the road. He lost. He, had, he needed a front wing change. Max Verstappen carried on, but he had significant damage. Christian Horner has hailed it as a miracle that he could get. They managed to get to the end of the race. Um, it's completely unnecessary, and it's exactly the type of thing we've been seeing from Sebastian when he's been in close quarters combat with somebody. So I, it's it's just more. It, it's more of that race, Seb you're probably going to end up in an accident at some point, or he's going to end up in an accident. I, uh, I'm i just so confused by it, so confused by what's happening to him, because we can't just turn around and say a four-time Formula One world champion is fucking rubs. It doesn't work like that. Even even if you've got the best car, winning four back-to-back world championships is a fucking mission, and a mission statement as a driver. So, I, I'm not having it that all of a sudden he can't drive a Formula 1 car. I do think maybe it is time that he he went somewhere else. I'm thinking that maybe this um, this rumour that Max Verstappen might be going to Mercedes next year might just be the only thing to save Sebastian if he can go back to Red Bull. Because I think, I think they'd have him. They haven't got anyone... If Max Verstappen does decide to leave, I don't think there's anyone of like top tier caliber uh, for Red Bull to plug in in their program. So it it would make perfect sense for me if that was if that was to happen. But he can't go on the way he's going, can he? He can't. Not in Ferrari. Um, not in the like the pressure cooker that 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 they must be under now. I mean, I found an interesting thing that we'll talk about later on about the team points in Ferrari and it's it's quite it's quite odd when when we look at it. Um next we had Robert Kubica. Um I suppose, you know, once everything that comes behind the Williams, even the though they finished Oh, I missed Sergio Perez. How could I miss Sergio Perez? Sorry, Sergio Perez was seventeenth. He uh Hulkenberg ran over his wing, fucked his race up, didn't it? So yeah. Um I think he, th- I think he thought he was on for points, like back end of the points if he could have, if if, if that hadn't have happened. Anyway, sixteenth Sev, fifteenth Robert Kubica. Uh, anything after the Williams, the reason they're there is because of shenanigans. Um, Robert Kubica was finished on the same lap as George Russell, but he was a few seconds down. Um, he was just another one of those those weekends. I mean, it's probably even though he was. Like slower than his teammate, it was probably one of Robert Kubica's best weekends since he came back. But you know, everything's relative and all in it. So um, uh, George Russell was fourteenth uh, again. All he can do is beat his teammate, isn't it? Like it's his best finish in Formula One. Um, it, you know, another another big smash, maybe, maybe you know. They they might have scraped a point, four more cars, but um, I I think it's a real shame because I can't remember the last time that we had four um or three three sorry three GP two drivers come up. Uh, oh sorry, F two drivers. I always say GP two. 
three F2 drivers come up that have looked as promising as Albon, um, Lando, and George. But George just cannot uh, cannot show it at the minute. He can't show the potential he's got. I think both he and Lando are potential world champions. Um, I think Albon's a bit... Uh, he seems to be a bit more up and down. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that makes it... You can't tell how good George is in, for, uh, in Formula 1 at the minute just because all he can do is beat his teammate. And it's he's, he's doing that. He's half a second a second quicker than I'm sometimes in qualifying. And that's that's all he's got to do. Make sure he, he doesn't get past him in the race, which, like, Kubica's race pace, especially towards the end of the race, is generally pretty dire. So that's probably not going to happen without some sort of mechanical issue. Um, it's it's just a shame. I want, I want Williams to sort this out. I want Williams to come back stronger next year. It seems, they, they seem to be more settled now. You know, it's, the pace isn't in the car, but they're not where they were at the beginning of the year. It's clearly not as difficult a car to drive as it was to start with. Um, they're just lacking downforce. So whatever they can do to stick downforce on that car, it's obviously going to improve it. They need a new technical director now. That Paddy Lowe's officially gone. Um, I... Uh, I think your man from McLaren might not be a bad snatch for them. I forgot his name now. He left, didn't he? Was, but it, it's been made a big thing. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. But it was made a big thing that he'd left McLaren. But it, he was only ever interim because they were waiting for James Key to fully integrate into the company. So it's it, it's not a big deal. Joe, it, it wasn't a big McLaren lose somebody. It was somebody who's fulfilled their job and now is moving on. And I think Williams will do well to grab hold of him. But saying that, it's not been brain power, which has been the problem in Williams. I mean, they lost Paddy Lowe, and that, that seems a stupid move for any team. Uh, further up the grid, we've got Lance Stroll, 13th. I think he had a fairly mundane race. It was There didn't seem to be a lot of action going on for him. He didn't do anything wrong, didn't do anything good. He... He was just doing what he does in a Formula One car, I think. He uh, he was pretty far off uh, Alex Albon. Um, if by the end of it, I think it was about 10 seconds away, something like that. It's, yeah, just a pretty dull, pretty dull Lance Stroll race. Um, Alex Albon had a strange situation in his car where he he couldn't pit. They, he pitted once, and then they couldn't bring him in again because he had a problem with his battery. And his battery was either it was either holding too much charge, or the you know the little green light that I, that says that mechanics can touch the car, or something was going screwy. Where whatever happens with the battery when it's charged, they wouldn't be able to touch the car. Apparently, the only way to do to fix that problem is to bring the car in, turn the ignition off. And restart the car, so they t- they took the what they thought was the best of the two calculated risks they had, which was w- do we just keep him out on the same tires he's on, uh, which I think he did like thirty two laps or something on the mediums. I'm sure that I think that's what it was. So he had, he had no ta- no laps no laps no tires before the end of the race, um, and that's why he got overtaken by a couple of cars. 
uh, and they just thought it was going to take too long to bring him in, change the tires, and restart the car all in one go. So they, I think it was on the last two laps, wasn't it? He just his tires just fell off a cliff, and then he had nothing to do. Uh, Lando Norris finished eleventh, just outside the points. Um, real bad luck for Lando. He uh, he he was having a great race. He had a really good race with uh, Ricardo. Um, it's great to see McLaren up there, and it was good to see Renault battling with them as well because Renault looked all at sea, didn't they? Um, in test in practice, so it was good to see them back up towards where they should be in the midfield and well realistically they shouldn't be in the midfield they should be up the top teams but you know there you go um but he just got done over by the safety car he pitted he came out safety car he had to pit again so if it just did him there was no no coming back as soon as lando knew i think he he said as much on a radio message but as soon as it turned out that he had to come in again there was just no rescue in Lando's race he was always he was always going to be out of the points and uh, it, it, it's surprising that he got as close to getting back into the points as he did uh, Hulkenberg Hulkenberg had an excursion when he ran over uh, Sergio Perez's front wing he was also he went through a stage in the race where he lost like four seconds and it looked like he had a problem but what happened was there was a dodgy sensor on his car and that led to the Renault team messaging him to say, look, you've got an engine issue, we're going to retire the car. Then they realised quickly, shit, it's not an engine issue. Go, off you go, it's fine. It's a problem our end. And um, yeah, he just lost a chunk of time because because they thought he had an engine issue. So again, again, though, when you look at the race between him and you look look at Daniel Ricciardo's race, Hulkenberg did seem a little bit lacklustre today. Uh, Daniel Kvyat, he must have benefited under the um, safety car because before the safety car came out, he was well down the order and Alvin was well up the order. And then safety car happened and he wasn't anymore. So I think it was just a good Danny Kvyat Toro Rosso race and came in a bit of fortune with the safety car and it's landed in P9 and grabbing away a couple of points to take home with them. Much the same as what Kimi Raikkonen did, I think. He he had a bit of a lonely race. He just He's doing what Kimi seems to be doing now. I think Martin Brundle on the Sky coverage summed Kimi up properly where he said, form is temporary but class is permanent. And I think that's what you can see with what Kimi's doing in that car. He's got a mid-grid car, and he's doing the absolute best he can do in it. So, yeah, cracking uh, cracking work from Kimi. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Renault, it, he had, a, as I said, a really good race with Lando at the start. Um, I, I fancied him getting past Carlos Sainz for sixth, but he didn't manage to do it. Uh, the nice thing here was, although they were 50... Uh, the McLaren, well, if we look at these two in particular, because they were the ones that didn't have any sort of woes, uh, McLaren and Renault, they were still within a minute of the leader, so they, they weren't lapped, whereas they'd been, you know, they've been lapped in the past. So it was nice to see them all finishing on the lead lap. Um, did anyone see the uh, Daniel Ricciardo, like, slapping uh, Carlos Sainz in the cock when he was on a TV interview? 
It's hilarious. Have a look, go and have a look on Twitter for it. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure I retweeted it. So just have a look on my feed. Um, Carlos Sainz finished sixth in a, a a really good race. You know, he 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 stopped once. I think I think he stopped once and went onto the hards. He was fortunate under the safety car. He kind of run the same sort of strategy as Hamilton ended up running. Um, it's one of those races. I feel so sorry for Lando though, because I really do feel that that was his. It was his place to have that. I'm afraid. So it was a it was a real it was a real shame for him, um, especially his home Grand Prix. But it's nice to see McLaren like McLaren do seem to show now because Renault were trying to chase McLaren, so they do seem to have solidly jumped the entire midfield and be leading the midfield pack. And as a as a McLaren fan and a newly adopted Lando Norris fan, uh, that makes me happy. So. I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with McLaren all in all. When you look at where they've been for the last few years, uh it's it's quite surprising in a way. I mean, I know they're not gonna threaten the podium at all this year unless some crazy shenanigans happens. But it's nice to see that they've they seem to have come through all the woes they were having and you know, Let's not forget they were last. Like they they were in Williams territory at one point, and then another point where when they had Honda, they couldn't even get bloody a racing, could they? Without without the car blowing up, so it's just good stuff from McLaren all around. If you're if you're a McLaren fan, uh, fifth Max Verstappen after his uh, coming together with Sebastian Vettel. I feel sorry. I think Max got probably robbed of a podium. I think he had the legs on Ferrari today. Uh, I think that's the way it would have it would have ended if he'd have uh, if if he hadn't have had that coming together with Sebastian. Uh, he's he's been class all year, Max Verstappen. Now I was I was late, I, and to be fair, I'm still not quite on the hype train. I just appreciate that he's he's a really good driver, but I I, I didn't I didn't know if that was the case at first. I wondered whether he was just going to be one of these sort of uh, sporadic crash kiddie exciting but ultimately never like they're always the bridesmaid type of drivers and I think I might have been wrong if I'm perfectly honest uh I thought he was going to be a bit more of a um daddy Vilna than he was going to be a Michael Schumacher but he's he's looking the real deal isn't he and these are these rumors about him going to Mercedes I think are tremendous I can't quite get my head around what a season would be like with him and Lewis Hamilton in the same team. I mean, it's that has to be dynamite, doesn't it? Realistically, for Formula One fans, we want that to happen. I, I don't even think that Max Verstappen's what like that caliber of driver as well, where um Bottas has kind of got to keep his seat. Um so if he if he keeps performing the way he is, I think he will probably keep his seat for next year now. Um but if we're all perfectly honest like Valtteri could win like four or five races this year and get a scutch of poles. But if someone turns around and says, oh yeah, well you can have Max Verstappen instead, you're taking Max Verstappen, aren't you? So I, I, I think that's the Verstappen factor trumps whatever Bottas can do in that car. And if that's if he's available, he will be in that car next year and we will get an absolute humdinger of a season between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. I don't know who would win that, to be honest. My gut says Lewis, because 
I just think he's the completest and uh, sorry, more complete. Check me, I'm a good English out. More complete and more consistent driver of the two. But I mean, it'd be great to watch, wouldn't it? It'd be really cool to see who who would win out on, on qualifying as well, because your max is so fast over one lap. But we've always said that on on most occasions, not all, especially not this year. Actually, Bottas seems to have really got his heels in the ground when it comes to qualifying. But on most occasions, you do always think that Lewis has this little tiny bit extra over whoever his whoever his teammate is. So it would be interesting if he could find that on. Max Verstappen, or whether Verstappen would ultimately be the quicker guy. I've got a funny feeling that someone like Verstappen next to Lewis might elevate Lewis to be better than he is right now, which is an absolutely scary thought. Uh, Pierre Gasly, I I was quite harsh on Pierre Gasly on the um, group chat with the guys from Three Legs, Four Wheels, and I... uh, I've kind of taken that back now. It was definitely his best race of the year. I do think without shenanigans, though, he would have been um, last of the top three teams. So he'd have been sixth. And um, uh, he would have probably been a few seconds adrift of them as well. But he was closer than he has been. All we have to try and work out here is, was he still quick enough given the car he's in? And I'm not convinced he was so yeah one fourth place does not a red bull driver make so we'll just have to see where we where we go with uh pierre um charles leclerc charles leclerc was kind of um unlucky he got shafted on pit pit strategy again by um by ferrari by and there was there was a lando stopped for it before the safety car so that's how he got shafted but Leclerc pitted afterwards and they had a clear window there of maybe one or two laps where they should have already brought him in and they should have, they should have done what Lewis did. He was up there, he was in third place, they should have just ghosted what Lewis was doing pit-wise and what the Mercedes were doing. I don't know why they kept Charles Leclerc out. I've no idea. Uh, I don't believe it was to separate him from Vettel. I don't think there's any of those sort of conspiracy theories going around. I think... It was just yet another hole in the uh, strategic armour of Ferrari, which is looking more and more like chain mail these days. So, I don't know. It's it, it was fortunate for him that with the crashy stuff that went on between Leclerc and uh, Verstappen that he managed to get back up to third, which was probably where he should have been. He looked on for third. It would have been a good race between him and Max. All the way through, I think saying that I think Max probably would have come out on top, but who knows? It, it, he he did deserve to be higher up than what would have happened if we hadn't have had all all of the crashy bits anyway. So we go on to Mercedes, and we might as well call, cover these two together. Um, Bottas had a good start. Hamilton had a good start. Bottas stayed ahead. They went on to have a cracking battle between the two of them. There was no quarter given. They were both like get. They gave each other the respect and the space they deserved. It was nail biting. I imagine it was terrifying for the Mercedes pit wall. And this was this is where I'm going to be end up like I flip between people calling me 
um, like a Lewis Hamilton hater, which I, I've never really understood why people do that. Um, or Lewis Hamilton fanboy. I'm definitely not a Lewis Hamilton fanboy either. But I do think he'd won the race without the safety car. Those first laps, um, I think if Hamilton would have got that move done and not give Bottas the space he gave me, he, he was too polite with Bottas. I think he he thought the move was done and I don't think he expected Bottas to come back at him. Uh, I think if he'd have stayed ahead there, go, uh, going through cops, that he would have um, started to creep away from Bottas. I think he had the pace on him. He was pushing Bottas around for those first few laps. Uh, Bottas start, was starting to lock up and stuff. Um, I don't think Bottas would have ha- could handle that type of pressure from Lewis Hamilton for the rest of the race. I just don't. I don't think it would have happened. And when he did get ahead of him, I think he'd have. Um, I think he'd won. Sorry, but I think he'd pulled away. Uh, so yeah, I think that I think the right man won the race regardless of the um, safety car. I think also it needs noted just how incredible setting the last the fastest lap on the last lap when you've had what thirty lap old hard tires on, and the guy that set the fastest lap has got brand new spanking mediums. Was he on mediums? I think he was on mediums. Uh, but he, but brand new tires. It was either softs or mediums he was on, and Lewis still went and set the fastest lap on the last lap, uh, which was great for me because I won ninety English pounds because of that. Thank you very much, Lewis. Um, so yeah, I was uh, double happy uh, that we had a British winner at the British Grand Prix because I won some money out of it as well. So it was just it was great. I mean, even the, after the, at the end of the race, I thought. The way um, the way he is with, with with fans and stuff like that, and like the going up to the barrier and going for a crowd surf, he was down in them signing hats and stuff. And it's rare you've, you you and I I know I know he does it because he likes the admiration, and some people don't like that. They don't like the the fact that he kind of wants to transcend the sport a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, how can you? How can you be angry with somebody for like standing on like a side of things, signing a hat for like a twelve-year-old kid? Do you know what I mean? And that this—that's what it comes down to—is that those people that that are there, him climbing over the fence, has just given them like a memory that will last forever. You know, it's—I—I've never had a situation like that at a Grand Prix. But even if you take the. Uh, Spa, when I went to uh, 98, uh, 98 Spa, when Damon Hill won. And I have took that memory of Damon Hill winning that crazy race. Like what? I think I was 17 when we went. I turned 37 yesterday. So I've carried that memory with me strong in like a locked part of my brain for the past 20 years. And I expected to stay there for another 20 more so that's what I like to see. See, is that is that me- memories being made for people, and I I do think Lewis is one of those people that gives, um, quite a lot back to his fans. Anyway, that has been your hot lap today. Thank you for listening to us. Um, if you check in the descriptions, you'll notice that we've uh, we're doing adverts in a different format now. Um, so you won't be getting the adverts in the middle. I prefer it doing this way. To if I'm perfectly honest. Um, the podcast will lose out slightly financially because of it, but um, 
I would prefer to try and run the adverts this way and make it more personal because at least I'm reading them out for you rather than it being some random thing that I don't know what's happening. Uh, And it also means that you're not going to get the adverts in the middle. So it keeps the podcast flowing better. Uh, So yeah, mainly a thing to you. So if you are interested in uh, buying CBD oil, please use the link for the CBD oil company that's uh, sponsoring us. Uh, We get commission off that. So if you buy something, use that link and it kicks something back to us. If you buy CBD oil regularly and you decide to use them, bookmark that link and it'll keep kicking it back mostly audio away. Um, if you go and check out Shot Dead in the Head as well, they're a clothing company. Uh, I went. Uh, the reason I picked those was I was looking at various clothing companies and I thought they had a couple of good Formula 1 t-shirts on there, so I thought you guys would like that. There's one of a car, which is really good. And um, the 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 now ubiquitous Kimmy, I uh, I know what I'm doing, which t-shirt which just seems to be everywhere, uh, and there's also a good corner one with like Ravage and Stowe and stuff on the on that. Uh, I quite like that t-shirt too. So yeah, if you could use the links, go check out Shot Dead in the Head and go check out the CBD co- uh, oil company that we that sponsors us. That would make me very happy. If you don't want to do any of that and you still want to support the show, you can go Patreon and you can sign up to Musty Audio Patreon. Uh, sign up to one of the tiers. You can either get it without the adverts at the beginning and stuff, or you can get the um, you can get the one which gives you all the extra shows. So that's it's a way of doing it. Um, other than that, just thanks for listening. Uh, and you know what? Look down at your phone. Find uh, follow up back to the iTunes bit if you're listening on an iDevice or a Google device. You can go to the Google Store and do it and give us a nice big fat five star review uh, and some nice words underneath it. You don't need to use the nice words to be perfectly honest. I'm only interested in the stars. So yeah, that that'll get us up the search algorithm a bit and get us in more people's ears and uh, start giving people better things to listen to than Sky coverage. Yeah, so um. Above from that, come follow me at TalkShunt, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Unbelievable. Fantastic guy. Stop there for another two dry lunches.